from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. So the other day, I'm hanging out in the Discord. Somebody sends the notice that says, Hey, collectors out there and parents, they got Star Wars Happy Meal toys back at Mickey D's. I said, kids, get in the minivan. We got some collecting to do. We piled in. It's actually kind of a controversy. Did you guys hear about this with the uh, the McDonald's toys? What happened? Well, it's uh, it's like a sexist conspiracy. Uh -oh. um, you know me. My wife's the president of the Lemonster Feminist Moms, so I'm always hearing about uh, uh, patriarchal conspiracies. <laughs> this is a good one. In fact, as I found myself lecturing the drive through attendant at McDonald's at 7 in the morning on this particular <laughs> Monday, and God bless her soul for uh, <laughs> not throwing a milkshake in my face as I lectured her, uh, they are offering the Star Wars toys as, quote-unquote, boys' toys. And they are offering Disney princess toys as girls' toys. All right. Yeah, all right. Okay, okay. So what's the problem with this? Tonight, we got two guys on the show. We got two girls. Let's hear from one of our ladies. Emma, our guest on the show, um, as, a, as a Star Wars collector and a female. How do you feel about this? It hurts my soul. It hurts my soul. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's the same thing as when they put, like, Star Wars t-shirts in the boys' section at, like, a Target or something. Uh, it's the exact same thing. You shouldn't. I don't even know why this is still a thing. To be honest with you, like uh, I don't know. You would think in 2021 we wouldn't have boys' toys and girls' toys, but yeah. here we are. I know. All right. So you know the deal is like here I am lecturing this lady, this poor woman about, and she's actually like, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, and uh, I'm a <laughs> like, Star that's Wars great. Fan. Yeah, you know, we're in Massachusetts. And, Star Wars. You know, she's <laughs> she's she's like totally on board with my rant, and um, she's like, you want the pink princess or the green princess? Because, you know, as much as my kids like, hey, they're on board with Star Wars and all that. Um, I think currently sitting in Luke Skywalker's land speeder, we got a couple of clone troopers right now. And they're like, <laughs> hey, I like the kids play with the Star Wars stuff. Most of it, not all. Um, I got some top shelf collectibles over here. Nothing quite like Freddy's uh, <laughs> sideshow Obi-Wan. Um, he's on display in the background. That's excellent. Uh, and my kids, you know, I offer them. I'm like, you guys want the, uh, you guys want the Star Wars toys or the princesses? unanimous they're both just like princesses and so here i am like you know star wars is for for boys or girls and like hey little boys like they can like disney princess movies ain't nothing wrong with that and uh yet my kids they play right into the stereotype so what i did and shout out to our buddy nathan nathan the lumberjack of youtube um over uh, he gave me in the discord a uh, suggestion which is you can just tell him like hey i just want to buy the happy meal toys i don't need any of that junk mm -hmm. food just straight up give me all your toys and i did we got a, a good little collection of princesses and i've got both chewy's head on top of the millennium falcon and... hey chewbacca he's still <laughs> hanging out with his loser <laughs> and uh darth vader in the tie advance now freddie out of all the mcdonald's toys that have, you've ever seen in your life you know obviously with a physique like that you're not eating a ton of mcdonald's my friend but um <laughs> How insane does it make you that there's a big head on top of these beautiful spaceships? The ships themselves look good. Uh, uh, does it bother you as much as it bothers me? This drives me it, nuts. It really honestly does bother me. I, I So here's the thing. I love my Star Wars collectibles. I'm a huge collector. 
but I saw these and I immediately was like, eh, not my thing. Not going to collect them. Just how they looked. I, I wish they, I mean, obviously yeah. they've got to play with the, uh, the, uh, uh, I guess, what do you call it? The choking hazard thing, I guess. <laughs> but it'd be nice yeah. to have like a, a smaller character that just goes inside of it. Yeah, you know? I know. That's true. I er, Here's my question. I think I would like it if it was just the ship. What if I rip Chewie's head off? Is that like <laughs> Star Wars sacrilege? What if I enlist yes. the moon to rip the head off for me? I have spent a lot of time considering whether or not I'm going to pop these suckers' heads off. Should we do it right here live on the show? No. Do we pop decapitate it, pop Chewie? It, pop live it, on Legend I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what's oh under God. there, so yeah. I can't do it. My hands are... I just put lotion on them. No! Slimy. <laughs> well, Chewbacca, you live to fight another day, my friend. Um, we have some fun little banter before the show here, though. This is a big F. F's in the chat for my grip strength, which could not manage to sever Chewbacca's head. Um, we'll get Patton Oswald on the guest uh, to help us out with that. Uh, Freddie, do you have a favorite Happy Meal toy of all time? You got a favorite uh, retro? There's some good ones back in the day. And by good, I mean oh, yeah. weird in the Legends Look Back kind of way. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's three that I can think of that I always am really nostalgic about when I think about Happy Meal toys. One of them is is the uh, they were the food boxes that had like the smiley faces on them. Oh yeah, they were you like know? transformers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, creepy They're aliens trans- and food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there was the nuggets that you could like have. It was like a a nugget, and then you'd put like a cop hat on it or something. And they all had hot nuggets. They, they, a Star yeah, Wars story. <laughs> oh yes, my and favorite action w- hero. Yeah, cop nugget. <laughs> <laughs> how about you emma you're like 10 years younger than us but like you got a favorite retro happy meal toy so i don't know this is definitely not retro but like i was seven when it came out so like i don't know 2008 clone wars uh uh happy meal toys so cool there's like an ahsoka one and her it's like no it's like what you have right now jared her head's on top of uh, the twilight yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, and there's like C-3PO on top of the land speeder. I don't know. They they look cool. Yeah. There's a bunch of Clone Wars ones, some original trilogy ones. They look pretty neat. That's great. Yeah, I've got the Anakin on top of the Jedi Starfighter, mm. and boy, have I thought about ripping his head off a lot. <laughs> um, I'll post pictures in the Discord if I end up doing it. Obviously, today was a fail. Chewie's head is on Stryvader. How about you, Meg? You want to take a stab at this one? You a Mickey D's Mickey D's fan? Uh, I mean, not anymore or for a while, but like, <laughs> um. I mean, we used to, my, our parents used to take us all the time for some reason. Um, Beanie Babies were definitely my thing. Oh, um, yeah. That's yeah. right. I, I have still hundreds of Beanie Babies. Um, mm-hmm. 90s kid, that was my thing, apparently. Um, so, like, anytime I could get even, like, the, the mini ones that they had, um, that was my thing. We would always call my grandparents because they live like live in a small town called El Paso, Arkansas. It's called El Paso because it is just a four-way stop. That is the town. And uh, <laughs> there's a gas station that has a McDonald's in it. And we'd call them up. We'd be like, hey, we're on a Happy Meal hunt. We're trying to collect them all. we got to get all the things. I'm, I've been a collector for a long time, in case you can't tell. And so my grandma, every time I go visit, she's like, I can't tell you how many Happy Meals I had to eat to get your Benny babies. <laughs> so you better appreciate me. I'm sorry, Grandma, for that impression. I hope you don't listen to the show. So, oh my God. Before, uh, before I get disowned and removed from the inheritance, let's uh. start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Utini, a Star Wars books podcast for people who think Pog is referring to the small circular collectibles, where we talk about all things Star Wars le- Legends, 
celebrating our rich EU history as well as diving into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and today I'm joined by the exclusive artist variant alternate cover <laughs> of the podcast network, Freddie C. How are you, my man? Doing all right, man. I've got uh I've got my Obi-Wan on display for Charles to eventually steal. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, he did say he posted a great meme of uh, what it would look like to to be busting into your house and stealing it. Somehow he found a meme of of a guy like wearing a Jedi robe stealing uh something from somebody's bathroom. It was like the best meme I've seen in a while. It was, it was excellent. Excellent. Also joining us this week making her Legends Look Back debut for the first time on the show, and yet you've come to know her and love her from such Utini YouTube hits as, well, there's a bunch of them. She's done a lot of videos. So we got the uh, the History of the Mandalorians. That's a good one the, that, I, uh, that I especially like. It's got some good legend stuff in there. Um, we would call her the galaxy's greatest Star Wars YouTuber who rides a moose to college, and that is our friend <laughs> Emma Park. How are you, Emma? Oh, I'm doing great, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my pet moose. I, I I need to take a vote on who we should what we should name him. Uh, I love the idea of riding a moose into college. Uh, that is like something that I think most Mainers do. It's pretty normal, right? I mean, like in Canada, the police ride horses, Mounties. I mean, in Maine, don't they all ride moose? Of course, I see it every day. <laughs> of course, <laughs> we, we we go to Maine every summer, and I have yet to see an actual real life moose. Um, one Me time... neither. I've lived here all my life. I've never seen a moose. Have you not? Oh, wow. That's crazy. Wow. If I ever yeah. am in Maine and I see one, I'll text you and you just, you know, it's a small state. Yeah. Good. Just... I'll live right. vicariously. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are glad to have you on the show. This is a lot of fun. Of course, in recent weeks, you have helped pilot the newest Star Wars podcast in the Utiniverse, The Cosmic Force. Tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah, so the Cosmic Force is centered all on comics, and not just canon comics either. We throw a little bit of Legends in there, too. That's right. Um, we did our first roundtable uh, yesterday, if you're watching this live, on the first volume of Dr. Afra from 2016. Uh, we also did our episode two on our comics Foundational Five with the one and only Jared Mays. Um, and our first uh, episode was all about Comics 101. So we're trying to cater to people that aren't necessarily into comics yet or have really wanted to get into them but need a little push to do so. Um, and we're going to be covering some new stuff too on a little bit of a delay so that we can all read together. And it's been a lot of fun so far. And um, I really hope that uh, if you're watching this or listening to this and you haven't checked it out yet, please do check it out. We have a lot of fun and uh, we hope that you learned something along the way too. Wow, that was a great description. Uh, I got to come up with like a good little elevator pitch like that for Legends Look Back. People ask me like, Jared, you got a Star Wars podcast? I'm like, yeah, but don't get too excited. It's only about the outdated and irrelevant stuff you've never heard of. Um, so I got to come up with a better <laughs> a better pitch. It's not like exactly got... uh, uh, confidence inducing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. especially when you're like, yeah, I talk about Star Wars books and everyone's like, hmm, mm. I don't know. And it's like, look, they're really good. <laughs> Last night, and uh, I teach a Wednesday night Bible class at church. Uh, little lady, Nancy, asked me, uh, Jared, I saw on Facebook you said you've got a podcast. I'm going to have my nephew come over and help me watch it. She's going to help me find it. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's for you. And I'm thinking specifically about the fact that our most recent episode was that Dark <laughs> Empire 2 roundtable, <laughs> in which like we talked a lot about a certain naked emperor. I mean, like not a little bit, but like quite a bit. And uh, I was like, why don't you just wait 
a week. Wait a week. Yeah. And she was like, wait, is this a Star Wars thing? And I said, yeah. <laughs> she said, Dominic, cancel that order. I don't want any help watching it. <laughs> I was like, dodge a bullet on that one. <laughs> dodge a bullet. Wow. Well, I got to say, I, I would like to consider myself, at least at this point, like maybe somebody else will come along. I'd like to consider myself the Cosmic Force's number one fan. Um, I, I had, we consider you that too. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I immediately yeah. made a, a run to multiple comic book stores after the first couple of episodes. Uh, so much so that I am on a, a comics buying hiatus for a little while. I've overspent. <laughs> We're going to talk about some of that overspending in our next segment, which is Thracken's Thrift Store. Oh wait, Emma, introduce Meg. Meg, uh, you can of course this. Uh, you can lead off Thracken's Thrift Store, your favorite new newly named segment. You can show us if you've got anything new. Now, this is, of course, our producer. We would consider her the galaxy's leading expert on loath wolves. Uh, joining us once again this week, Meg. How are you, Meg? I am so good. I am caffeinated. It has been a week, but we're here. And we have things to show off. If I can not knock over everything that I have on this desk while I do it. Uh, going to have to have like a, some kind of a drinking game. Take a shot every time Jared forgets to introduce Meg. You know what? <laughs> Sorry, Meg. I... I I, you're fine. I forgive you <laughs> now and every single time in the future that it happens. Just like all. It will never happen again. Uh, Probably. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> all right. So I have something very special to show off to all of you. Um, and that is um, that I finally, after months and months of waiting and wondering when it was going to be here, I have for you. Well, not for you. It's for me. Oh, it's. Bo-Katan. Oh, it's for me? It's Bo-Katan. Ooh. Bo-Katan. Oh, wait, wait. Not just one Bo-Katan. Two Bo-Katans. <laughs> two Bo-Katans. I want to see no, how there Meg, are two of them. Meg, tell the people why you have two Bo-Katans, please. Um, this is Emma's fault. Um, it is my fault. Um, I, she she informed me that um, more were still available. And um, for some reason, in my brain, it just seemed like a good idea to get another one. Uh, so I did, and then proceeded to forget that I'd gotten a second one. And then I got one one day, and then another one showed up the next day. And I was like, you know what? This is fine. <laughs> that Surprise. has become a common story for me oh. as a Star Wars collector. I've got to admit, it really has. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, you know, don't have like the same level of love for Bo-Katan as the two of you do, but it is infectious to see. I do appreciate oh. I've got my own Black series to show off. Um, just got this one, and I don't collect the Black Series. You got this, Meg. You can find it. Here we go. Uh, we got to zoom in on this big bluey. We got Grand Admiral Thrawn himself. Come on, ring light. Let me show him. Let me get him in the frame. Um, Where is Grand Admiral is. Thrawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. Oh, I'm trying. Uh, I was in a collectible store the other day in uh, down in Arkansas. I was down visiting my brother. We went on a little road trip. I found this thing. It was like... I don't collect the Black Series, but that is just gorgeous. The packaging, too, has got that 50 years of Lucasfilm. It's mm, like, yeah. and I've been thinking about making a Thrawn-centric shelf, like all the Thrawn hardbacks, and, you know, yeah, I would get some posters and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Who knows? And I was like, got to get him on there. Um, very, very proud of him. How about you, Freddie? You got anything to show off? Well, let's see. It I know was... Emma's got something. Recently, 420, so I went out to buy oh, no. Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> as you do, yeah. Dragapult definitely looks as like he's having does. a good 420. Look at those eyes. <laughs> yeah, check that out. It's a great card, man. I love Dragapult. 
Yeah, I actually found two of them. So I, as as Meg did, I bought two of them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh. unfortunately, no Star Wars things. I feel like that Obi-Wan kind of just stripped me dry for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent yeah yeah not a cheap one they just as soon as you announced that you got that they announced a new uh like uh obi-wan collectible did you guys see this what is it yeah oh it looks oh, sideshow yeah. is it i don't uh, uh, gentle giant i think yeah. yeah yeah it looks good i gotta say this one yeah. is is i'm prefer preferable i'm i have a preference for this one yeah, yeah. Pre- it looks a little bit more like i imagine he looks in the kenobi book which is peak legends, mm. some good stuff. All right, I've got some other yeah. weird little collectibles to show off. Uh, I know Emma's got a big one, and she's she's gonna have the most impressive thing this week. So I gotta show off my weird ones first. I've started collecting these Jedi Council members who can sit on my shelves. They look really good, kind of uh, as uh, <laughs> like iconic pieces to, to fit, you know, on these small shelves for my Legends paperbacks. And I they've got their chairs with them too. I've always loved like the Jedi Council, it, it, their chairs. Something about like these old yeah. men that sit around in their chairs and debate religious things is, like, on hol- you know, and holograms as well. And holograms, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I found Phantom Menace Puppet Yoda, where like he's definitely had himself a good four twenty. Oh, I dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> Just again, here we go. Trying. Um, look at Yoda's little weird face. Yeah, there's no way the camera's gonna zoom on that. I'll post pictures in the Discord. Anyway, Yoda in his chair. Found him. Looks great sitting on my shelves and joining him in his weird genie snake flesh. Oh, that's great. Oh, Oppo Rancisis. <laughs> I paid so much money for this. Oh, dropped him too. <laughs> paid so much money for Oppo Rancisis. And uh, all right, just some like physics questions about him. He is just sitting on his tail. It's oh, just gosh. tail. So, how does. He's got to be smushing his tail. Like there's no, there's no tushy. It is just pure tail. There must uh, not be any nerves in his tail if this is the case. <laughs> check this out. He's even got a hole in the back of his chair for his tail. Ah, it's it's ergonomic, you know. <laughs> I just imagine him Jared, on the you phone don't... with the furniture store. Yes, I'm gonna need a chair with a big, <laughs> big old hole in the back from my tail. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I'd have to double check on this, but I have—I feel like I have a toy, a toy Yoda, uh, where he's sitting on the chair, and it's a magic eight ball. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was from like Taco Bell. Yeah, sometime I used in to the have 90s. that, man. I used to have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. My magic eight ball Yoda. He's gone. Now, uh, close us out, Emma. I know you've got a nice <sighs> new collectible to show off in a Thracken's thrift do. store. I do. I do. Allow me to. Uh, uh, Hoist it up, I suppose. Big. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay, I got. <laughs> Don't oh, hurt oh, yourself, oh, Emma. That is so oh. much bigger than I realized. <laughs> it's huge. There's our thumbnail huge. for the week. Put it down. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. That is it, massive. Uh, it, it weighs 15 pounds. Oh. Uh, I double checked that on a bathroom scale. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is um, quite hefty. I haven't opened it at all yet, and I've had it for a few days. Uh, it's my little present for finishing up the semester. So in a, in a couple weeks, I'm going to crack it open, and I'm going to spend like three days straight looking at it. And I can't wait. Um, it was at uh, a Barnes & Noble up uh, kind of far away from me, but my dad works in that town. So I said, hey, Dad, will you pick this up at the store for me? And he, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I send him the uh, the information. He said, 
man, I don't know what you, sp- you spend your money on. I don't get it. And I said, Dad, it's a big book. Trust me, you're, you're going to understand when you see it in person, right? And uh, so he gets there and he texts me. He said, that's a big book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big book. It's like, yeah, can you bring your truck to pick this up, in fact? Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. So, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, it, it doubles as a, as a book and also a weapon if you need it, I think. Um, yeah, I'm very pleased with it. Yeah. That is impressive. i got to admit, I've got hundreds of books in my collections and nothing that big or heavy. So congratulations. Do you have Thank a book, you. listeners, that is bigger or heavier than Emma's Star Wars archives? Let us know in the chat. And uh, we need to see pics of the bathroom scale, or it doesn't count. Doesn't count. No, don't, <laughs> aren't, aren't there two or three of those in that uh, in that collection? Yeah, there's another one. There's a there's a prequels one, and I'm gonna guarantee I'm gonna have it in my collection within uh, two months of finishing up this one. I just I just know it. I just know it. And it's a pretty red uh, cover. This one's black with like gold stars, and the other one is red with gold stars so i'm totally gonna get the other one i keep telling myself i'm not but you know it's it's gonna happen they're beautiful i've never seen those in person i'm gonna have to see if the library can uh <laughs> but those big ones i like to get my hands on them first before i shell out any cash see if they can right uh, you know deliver it and i can i can check it out first it's gorgeous and i'm excited for you congratulations and uh r.i.p so f's in the chat for emma's wallet well, this that's week, right. That's the other thing. <laughs> we have got a ton of Legends news, and uh, we're going to try to get through this segment as quickly as possible because, well, there's quite a bit to talk about. First and foremost, I just had my issue of Star Wars Insider 202 came in the mail a couple days ago. We got uh, like a Ralph McQuarrie R2D2 looking oh, like uh, looking like so cool Chopper's great granddaddy um, up in here, and there is a Thrawn centric article that I think is one of the most gorgeous, visually, one of the most gorgeous pieces that has ever been published in Star Wars Insider. And I've been collecting these for a long time, well over 10 years. This is an interview with Timothy Zahn. And look how gorgeous this looks. Wow. That's awesome. uh, And in particular, it's it's well done. It's well written, too. This is a first-time Star Wars Insider writer, Brandon Wynerdy. He is the host of Talking Bay... 94, Talking Bay 94. Um, so yeah. congratulations to Brandon on making your Star Wars Insider debut. I hope to see more good legend stuff like this because it's excellent celebrating um, 30 years of Heir to the Empire, talking to Timothy Zahn about what it's like to come back and what it was like for him to write Heir to the Empire and, of course, celebrating the fact that there is a new Timothy Zahn Thrawn book being written. We got that, uh, that Portuguese cover, the Brazilian cover in there, which is cool. Uh, very well done, very good piece, and, of course, uh, this issue also has an interview with Claudia Gray. When was the last time you read a magazine that had an interview with Timothy Zahn and Claudia Gray in the same magazine? I mean, that's good stuff right there. You're getting your money's worth. Oh, and yeah. there is exclusive fiction from our buddy Kevin Scott with uh, Wookiee Jedi in here, which is cool. We got Burry. Burry. Hot dog Burry. You know, long <laughs> ways down the page. Um, very good issue. Very proud of that. If you are interested in getting your hands on Star Wars Insider 202, we've got uh, the Utini affiliate link for you over on utini.com. Just type in Star Wars Insider. We'll get you hooked up. Freddie, what is next on the Legends News list? Yeah, this one's very interesting. But uh, So Disney and Alan Dean Foster are very close to settling on the issue of royalties, according to ADF's Twitter. Yeah, so, so Alan Dean Foster actually has been involved in this controversy for a while that that they weren't paying him. Like when Disney yeah. acquired the rights to those original novelizations, in particular his original Star Wars novelization and Splinter of the Mind's Eye, they stopped 
paying him for sales on those. And he's like, hey, you got to pay up, man. Like, my wife is sick. We need the money. And I'm not asking for handouts. I just want, like, the money for the work that I did. And so good on the mouse to finally make good on our boy, Alan Dean Foster. It's good to see the force kind of correct itself in this regard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it looks like it's it might have just been, like, an uh, a oversight, right, on Disney's part, which is, yeah, it happens. Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope, yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope so. Um, he, of course, wrote the first Star Wars book ever. And then uh, the best, you could call it the best, maybe. Well, at the time, it was the best because it was the only expanded universe book that was written in 1978, which is Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And uh, he had some help from George. We'll blame George. We'll blame George. But then he wrote uh, Approaching Storm as well, classic uh, Clone Wars era book, and then also came back for The Force Awakens. So he's written... Across the gamut, what an amazing career Alan Dean Foster has had. We wish him and his wife the best. Emma, what is next in the World of Legends news? Yes, so yesterday, April 21st, which was 23 years ago in 1999, Terry Brooks's The Phantom Menace novelization was released with four variant covers. You ever seen uh, these, So Emma? do you guys have any of... I have, I have. I think I, I have one of them, but I don't remember which one it is now. I'm pretty sure it's the Padme one. I've got Anakin. Now I'm looking at my shelf. And I've got a fun saga with these. Darth Maul? I just found the fourth, the one that I was missing last week on the same big, you know, road trip collectible tour I was taking. Um, I, in fact, like had to call my wife because I can never remember which covers I've got. And I was like, <laughs> all right, which ones do I have? Look at the, all right, just going to be before Attack of the Clones. Go back a little further. No, no, no. After Outbound Flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right about there. And it's <laughs> like coach my wife on how to find this and woke her up from a nap probably. And so I, I realized I had one of the books on my canon shelf, the other books on my Legends shelf. And now I, I didn't even know this but now i have all four covers it was kind of a surprise to me we got here we go we got jake lloyd's anakin that's what i got all right darth maul Ooh, and i want to hear this which, is the one i have yeah i just looked favorite? at my shelf that, that's the one which one's your favorite padme or we get uh, queen amadala it's a more proper name of naboo and obi-wan Obi young obi-wan now, here's the fun part. The backsides. Mm. Oh, Qui-Gon. Looking like a glamour shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wind Axel flowing through his luscious locks. Amazing. Jar Jar. <laughs> Can you believe somebody authorized putting Jar Jar's face on the back of this hardback? Make that your, uh, make that your uh, thumbnail of the week. We got uh, No Eyes Sidious. Trying to hide his Do secret it. identity. <laughs> and the best one, maybe better than Jar Jar? Watto. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like he's ready to take your money. Oh. What, what's better, the backs or the fronts? Uh, I do love the backs. <laughs> the backs are pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're a so little good. out there, you know? <laughs> I would like to see this trend come back. We got a lot of alternate covers with comics. I like to see this happen more with hardbacks. Especially if they're like not convention exclusives, those are hard to find. Just you know, regular mm -hmm. on the show. They did it with Last Shot recently. That was fun. Um, yeah. So so would love to hear everybody's favorite uh, on the fronts, the backs. We got Watto, Jar Jar, City is small. Let us know, you know, which one of these covers is your favorite. Now, next up, Emma, you of course the other day in game night just played Republic Commando. This was just released what this week, last week, on the PS4 and Switch re-release. 
of the uh, the classic uh, what, GameCube shooter. I'm not sure what consoles it was on. Tell us your impressions on Republic Commando. Yeah, so I think I played uh, about about two and a half hours of it, and um, I was pleasantly surprised at how much fun that I was having with it. It aged really well, as far as I can tell. Now I had it on the Xbox, so I don't I don't know if the PS4 and the Switch if it was just a release or if they like remastered it or something. I'm not really sure. Um, but from my experience, I had you know, a ton of fun with it. I like the squad. I like how it mirrors the Bad Batch squad a little bit. Um, all around, like really good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm excited because uh, you know those books are just absolutely some of my favorites, and I am looking forward to hearing, um, looking forward to actually playing the story in that game, which I've never actually played. Got the collectible edition coming in in like seven or eight oh, months. Nice. It'll be here one of these days. And, uh, <laughs> I've got plenty of video games to catch up on. Pokemon Snap's about to come out next weekend, Freddie. You can be playing some Pokemon Snap. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. I had to go in today and make sure my payment details were correct because I, I want it on release day. One of my favorite games of all time on the N64. Uh, Freddie, yeah. what's up on what's up next on the Legends video game news? KOTOR remake. Uh, so Bloomberg's Jason Schreier revealed that developer Asper, the studio that ported uh, KOTOR to iOS and re-released Republic Commando and Episode One Racer, is working on the 2003 Game of the Year. Yeah, this is fun because it's been rumored for a while. This is the the most solid confirmation we've gotten so far. Still in the you know tentative rumor sphere, but it comes from somebody who's actually been making these, and they've they've cranked them out efficiently. They've done a good job with them, and he on a podcast. Don't know the name of the podcast. Sorry, uh, he actually said yes. There is something to this rumor. It is happening. Wow. And it, yeah. he wasn't saying maybe it's happening. He said it is happening otherwise i want to put it in the show notes so now you got the heads up um this time around freddie you're going to take light side or dark side when you play the remakes uh you know what i have not done full dark side so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the dark oh you've done the gray jedi thing haven't you yeah <laughs> uh emma can we expect this on the uh, utini game nights when it comes out of course yeah I've, i'm actually still working through my first playthrough of of kotor um i've been loving it so far and uh it's long it is it's very long i had to take quite a break from it um but you know i might have to do like a dark side playthrough if this is true because i am doing full light side uh in my current playthrough so yeah when i play dark. dark side i just force storm everything walk into a room <laughs> lightning walk into another Boom. room lightning just the whole time <laughs> just throw the lightsaber you get some lightning you get some lightning it's <laughs> it's very fun very fun and uh you don't even have to worry about like your dialogue choices you're just like do the thing or I'll kill you. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like zero brain power required to play Dark Side. Right. It's excellent. Um, now, this one's fun, and I, I need to double-check some of the history on this, but as far as I know, Legends Comics superstar, I'm talking about Legends Comics today, one of the greats in Legends Comics is the artist Jan Dersima. Um, she did some of the most uh, iconic work, especially love her stuff with, with uh, John Ostrander, love the... Quinlan Voss, Ayla Secura stuff in Republic. Love her work in Legacy in particular, but she's back. She's been doing some canon High Republic comics alternate covers. I just had come in the other day in this copy of High Republic number three with the Jan Dersma variant art. We got uh, Keith Trinis with her double-bladed green lightsaber helicoptering like an Inquisitor through the air away from these big bugs, and it is excellent. Very happy to have her back. She's absolutely one of the greats, isn't she, Freddie? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I can't wait. 
yeah, it's very cool to see her working in on some Star Wars comics again. Decided to share some of her work tonight on the show. Now, Meg, what is last on the list with uh, Legends news? What else do people be? What else do people need to be on the look for, look out for? I'll get this question out one of these days. <laughs> last but not least, um, the Knights of the Old Republic omnibus is coming out in July, and John Jackson Miller will be auctioning off uh, signed copies leading up to the release. Yeah, he announced this today on Twitter. It's pretty cool. He's like, uh, hey, we're going to have graded, not just signed, graded and signed. I mean, these are going to be like real collectible pieces. He's going to be doing some auctions on his Twitter if you want to get your hands on one of these. I haven't decided. Am I going to try to get my hat in the ring on this? I'm buying the big expensive omnibus. I've already got the signature <laughs> in a new dawn. Do I need this? Let me know in the comments. Let me know. Uh, it depends on the price tag, that's for sure. But uh, excited for that. He was just a delight to have on the show, wasn't he? He was, honestly. He was one of my... I mean, I, I haven't had too many guests, but... Uh, <laughs> he's one of my favorite guests. <laughs> he is guests. my favorite guest. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just a really good guy in general, and he just loves talking about his work, and he recognizes that a lot of people appreciate him, right? So, I like that. Oh, no. Uh, Eric gives us a new idea here for our Legends News segment. He says we should call it Legends Lookout. I oh love my that. God. That is so good. <laughs> we are is keeping better do than... That. But is it better than Thracken's Thrift Store? Yes. That's the question. Yes, it is. <laughs> I will see about that. You know, like, objectively, it's hard to know for sure. But uh, in your opinion. Well, tonight we are going to be talking about the vast world of Legends comics. And boy, is there a lot. From Lannery Brock and Dawn of the Jedi, 25,000 years before the films, to Exar Kun and Tales of the Jedi, 4,000 years before the films, all the way to 100 years after the films with Cade Skywalker and Anya Solo in the Legacy Comics. Legends comics had a ton of content and can really be quite intimidating if you don't know where to start. Today, we're going to be breaking down how to get started in the vast world of Legends comics. And joining us is a relative noob to Legends comics, of course, a big Star Wars comics fan, but uh, hadn't necessarily cracked the world of Legends comics until she was like, give me started. Give me some suggestions. Where do I go from here? How do I get my hands on these things? And so she's going to be telling us about her first experience with Dark Empire, which is fun. <laughs> Can't wait for that. And uh, Emma, I just want to ask you... Um, uh, tell us about like your love for Star Wars comics. Uh, how did you get started? And um, how did it feel starting with Legends? Yeah, so I'm actually a relative uh, newbie to uh, Star Wars comics in general. I think I've been reading them for about two years now, kind of on and off in the first year or so. Um, I've read every single canon comic uh, from Marvel. And uh, wow, that's something that's I'm very proud of. Yeah. It is a lot. Um, and I just, I fell in love with the way that the stories were told and how you could get nice long arcs with all of the characters and fall in love with them. I think Afro was really uh, a character that kickstarted my love uh, for comics, just seeing how we could take this completely unknown character and develop such a love for her, as much of a love as characters that we see in the movies. Um, so I had to read them all. And um, I hadn't read any Le uh, Legends comics until now. And the story, the way that the stories are told is is just as great as in canon, and um, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, just like wilder, darker, wackier, depending on what yeah. you're reading and from <laughs> when. And, um, and so there's there's all kinds of different ways to get started. And so uh, I, th I think with canon, it's a little bit easier in the fact that like there was this hard 
cut off and restart mm. in 2015 when Marvel reacquired right. the license. And so it's like, start with Marvel number one, right? Start with Star Wars number one. Um, it's a pretty easy place. And we got our new foundational five. You can read Afra or you can read Vader. Uh, you can read Dark Empire. Hey, there's our Legends wreck in the foundational five. But in particular, uh, Legends is a little bit messier. And so we're yes. going to give a little bit of help breaking it down. Uh, Freddie, let me ask you, how? Uh, what do you think your first star wars comic was that you ever read we've covered a handful on the show what dark oh, empire tells the jedi and i tell the public we even did the the what if ones or those called those were crazy um oh yeah that's so interesting oh uh, man well, when trying... did you get started i think for me it was i found a couple of issues of republic in a grocery store as a kid this is a tough one because i i i went back very far with my my older cousins who that's all they collected were at the time were comic books and they had a couple of star wars comic books so we're talking like probably in the 80s uh you know they they bought these and i happened to you know read them when i was in you know late 90s or so so it, it's it's tough honestly i can't even remember what it was it was and i was just looking at the pictures i wasn't even reading them at the time so i'd have to don't go worry back. everybody me... freddie has since learned how to read <laughs> yeah <laughs> thankfully <laughs> That is great. It's, sometimes I'll catch my daughter, you know, six years old. She's like, look at the pictures. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm reading. Leave me alone. She's like, All right, fine. That's great. Congratulations. Read whatever you want. That's good stuff. Um, the, the first one I really, really solidly remember was stumbling across Dark Empire, you know, in the like the teen edgy graphic novel section. I picked up Dark Empire and then um, Ultimate Spider-Man from uh, Brian Michael Bendis, you know, is, is like a 10, 12 year old. And so really loved all those. Uh, I do have, I think the first Star Wars comic I ever read was like the C-3PO and R2 Lost in Space KB Toys uh, exclusive freebie comic. Actually, I'll pull this up and I'll post it in Discord. I've still got my hands KB on it. KB Toys. You remember KB Toys from the mall, yes, Freddie? I do. <laughs> Emma, you're too young for KB Toys, aren't you? I have no idea. It's going over my head. <laughs> it was a toy store that was in like every mall in America. And it oh, was so like, like a like a Toys R Us type of thing. Yeah, but in the mall, and yeah. it was like junkier, and um, oh, they, okay. they always had like those little rats attached to balls, like running around. Yeah, right out, right outside the door, or like right inside. It's so, like a raccoon tail, and it would just like roll around. And... <laughs> That's how that you know, terrifying. As soon as you, yeah, I guess it kind of is. All right, we're gonna get one. We're gonna show it off on Legends Look Back. It's for the show. It's for the. <laughs> it's it's for the. It's for the show. So let us know, everybody, in the chat, in the Discord, what was your first Legends comic that you ever read? First Star Wars comic? It's kind of a fun debate. Uh, Meg, do you have a first in the world of uh, Star Wars comics? Do you read comics, Meg? I, I know you're, you're big into the books. I, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm like six months behind on current things, if not more. Um, uh, but... that's, that way you can do it cheaper. There's nothing wrong with uh, that. Yeah, that's true. Um, what was my first? Was, was the... Um... The second, Dar I think it was the second Darth Vader run that was my first. Um, ah, so so you're not like deep into the Legends comics yet. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. So you started a in a good place, Empire. Meg. That's great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a very good place to start. <laughs> How many times through have you read Dark Empire, though? None. Ugh. Zero. You haven't read it at all. No. <laughs> it's a matter of principle <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I will be betraying someone out there if I do. So. Oh, Fair we got enough. an update from Freddie. Freddie, you got your first, your first Star Wars comic. You think you tracked it down? Uh, this is exactly the one. I just remember a giant snake, a red snake, was on the cover, and Luke was shooting at it. 
And that's all I remembered. So I just looked up Snake Star Wars comic. <laughs> it's dangerous, man. Um, I love that Ray negotiates with the snake. Luke shoots it in the face. <laughs> like right in the eyeball. <laughs> right. We'll have to post this in the Discord. This is good. What issue is that? Does it say number 11? It's 11. Uh, number 11. Yeah. yeah. That is cool from the classic Marvel. I, I've not read many of the classic Marvel ones. I'm, it's one of those things I'm going to do like on an airplane one day. I'm going to read them all. Yeah. I don't know how many there are. 107? Yeah, something like that. Uh, they just recently re- went back and did one more, um, one victory lap of those. Uh, their relationship with Legends is messy. We're not going to get into all that. It, it, they pick and choose, you know, what characters are going to bring in and what points of continuity we're going to acknowledge. You know, Shira Bay, Lumaya. She, of course, incorporated Jackson ever infamously, was yeah. abandoned in the world of Legends after the Marvel comics. But now, hey, he's back, baby. Is he ever? And we're going to be talking more about Jackson. Uh, I think Star Wars Archives is doing an episode on him. Looking forward to that one. You got to be in the Patreon, though, if you want to hear it. Now, we've given Emma a handful of recommendations, though. Just like, hey, you want some, you get started in Legends, you got one week. Here's like five comics to read. Is it five, six? Just a handful. Um, let's start off back in the old school days, back in the early 90s, 91, 92, 3, 4. Um, we're having the, 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 Restart with Dark Horse getting the Legends comics license, not called Legends at the time. It's just, hey, Marvel did these for a while. They kind of petered out, and Dark Horse has now acquired the license. They started off with Dark Empire and then followed very shortly afterward by Tales of the Jedi by Tom Veach. Some of them are, of course, written by the infamous Kevin J. Anderson as well. Emma, which issues of Tales of the Jedi did you read? What What were your initial impressions? Give us the lowdown. Yeah, so I read issues one and two, which was uh, its own sort of mini arc, I guess you could say. Is that the stuff? I think so. That sounds familiar. I I honestly wasn't super into this one. This is probably my least favorite out of all uh, of the the stuff that you sent me. Um, However, I do like some connections uh, to current canon with um, Onderon appearing. I I wonder if this is Onderon's first appearance. It was very cool. That's a good Um, question. I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems like it might be. I don't know. I found the the Jedi stuff like uh, in this time period to be interesting as well. Just thinking about it in relation to my mind always goes back to like canon, but yeah, it's interesting to think about it in relation to the Jedi of the High Republic. Yeah, it is. Um, They've yeah, High it didn't stand out to me, this, but yeah, High Republic has pulled from this substantially, in my opinion. You know, there's a good article in in Star Wars Insider about the making of this. I'll have to find what issues and post them mm-hmm. in the. The Discord, they did a two or three part series in the history of Tales of the Jedi. One of the things they said was like, we had no frame of reference on what we were going to do with this. We had to reinvent the art style. So they made it mm-hmm. like a little bit more steampunk, a little bit rougher, mm-hmm. a little bit more and I ancient. did notice that, yeah. Yeah, they look more like samurais of old. Um, yeah. they, they look less like you know, the monkish Jedi that we get in the prequels because there were no prequels. And so they've got like this big flashy golden armor and... You know, it's the 90s, so they're all, like, their pecs have pecs. Like, they're just super, <laughs> super buff. And uh, it, what, what I love about these, of course, is, like, the Jedi are kind of rogue warriors. Like, they're not a part of an established system. Each one has their own agenda. They're following the Force. And, and, and in some ways, we've seen this reincorporated into the High Republic, haven't we? Um, the Jedi have know, followed their own inner compass a little bit more. We've got what's the name for that? Like the Jedi that? Oh, the uh, the way the I always get this mixed up between the <laughs> thing in in the Rise of Skywalker. It's either Way Seeker or Wayfinder. 
Wayseeker, I, I think. Wayfinder? Yeah. I don't really know. It yeah, always messes me up. One of them but... is like a holocron yeah. that can make your spaceship right. go to the right places. The space GPS. And the other one <laughs> yeah. is... It's like Jedi an independent who doesn't want sort to take Jedi. any crap from anybody. Yeah, all right. Right, right, right. Now, Freddie, we talked about Tales of the Jedi um, back in the day on Legends of the yeah. Fed. Was that episode 12? Somewhere Rick around there. Keldroma and Naomi Sunrider. Yeah, Naomi Sunrider, she's bald, but she's got like long hair in the back. Yeah. We're talking a lot about mullets today. What a <laughs> mullets. episode. Um, Legends, the world of mullets <laughs> and lightsabers. Uh, Freddie, how, how, in your opinion, did Tales of the Jedi reinvent the Jedi when all that existed was the original trilogy. Well, I mean, it's very interesting that you bring up the, uh, the sort of the, the progression of, of martial arts and, and how that turned out. Right. So if you think about what martial arts was, it was basically literally martial arts. It was taught to, uh, to warriors who had to fight in, in feudal, feudal wars. And it was, they had it had a purpose behind it, right? And so, after that purpose was done, what did it become? It became more of a monk uh, disciplinary thing, which is kind of what we see in Star Wars, right? You've got the the more warrior warrior ways uh, of <laughs> you've got the warrior ways of of kind of this era, right? The the pre era when when it was uh, they they modeled it off of of um, what would you call it? Uh, Samurai, right? Yeah, you could say right. samurai. Like, uh, thinking about George Lucas's initial influences, the Kurosawa films, that's what they tried exactly. to go back and, and homage. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it, it's it's kind of they're they're trying to figure out what was what was the beginning? What before peace, right? There were there really wasn't peace, but before peace in the in the original trilogy, well, first of all, they're all wiped out. So what happened? What happened in that time frame? Right. And it, it must have been warlike. It must there must have been a lot of them until they decimated each other. You know, it was it was all a, a thing. So it's That's it's interesting how they came up with it. Yeah, I think what I, 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 these are some of my favorite Star Wars stories ever. Now the problem is, you read the story of Nomi Sunrider, which is good, but I think you need to really get into the story of Ulit Keldrama's fall and then his redemption. That's where it is really good. The, the redemption story arc is absolutely one of my favorite Star Wars stories of all time. The idea is like, hey, the only way we're really going to take down the Sith is by joining them. We'll just learn their dark side powers in order to defeat them. It's a very, very common theme in some classic Legends comics. Of course, it's, it's what's happening. It's the plot with Dark Empire, too. Luke loses himself right. in the dark in order to try to defeat it. and uh, It's a whole thing. There's, there's a lightsaber battle. There's you know a little bit of nudity. Uh, but in Tales of the Jedi, the point is is that uh, eventually Ulick, you know, spoiler alert here, like uh, eventually he's saved. But it's not like a heroic redemption. It's it's a sad redemption. His brother yeah. dies and he's exiled. And oh, it's so good. I love Tales of the Jedi redemption. Now, I think my new agenda in life is to try to get Emma to love Tales of the Jedi. And I think the only way to do that is with the audio drama. Don't you think, Freddie? Oh, oh there's yeah. There's an audio drama. There is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to get your hands on. You're only going to get it on the dark Ooh. web. <laughs> it's not available like widely anymore. So oh, interesting. Uh, we'll see what we can do behind the scenes to hook you up. That these are these well. Are you know what? So, since you are being so convincing, I, I will give it another shot and, and read some more further into it. Uh, just because of your recommendation, I trust your word. <laughs> That's great. It it does go. Was it 25 issues? It's not terribly yeah. long. Um, there, some of these are quite long. We're going to talk about it tonight. We'll talk about a miniseries yeah. or two. Um, but 
I am excited to talk about the next on our list, also <laughs> from the early 90s. What else needs to be said about Dark Empire on this show? I don't want to beat this dead horse too much, but Emma, I'm going to let you try to beat this dead horse. Uh, can we please switch to a different analogy? Emma, you finally read it. Tell us your impressions. I did. I will never forgive Jared for putting it on my list of things to read. Um, you can never come back from that. It's, um, man, so, I mean, I literally, like, two seconds ago, I just said, I trust your word. But this should make me, like, not trust your word, <laughs> honestly. But um, Sounding like you loved it. Is it? <laughs> That's not the vibe I'm going for. No, so I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it, and I'll try to, like, take you through my thought my thought process here it started off really strong for me um i liked the idea of of the rebellion sort of having their hands on some star destroyers and um you know with the gang sort of you know being back together again i liked yeah. that the world devastator thing kind of lost me a little bit <laughs> you didn't like <laughs> the space a lot of vacuum just... cleaners with legs <laughs> it felt a little weird to me <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I mean, just to see them, like, sucking up ships like that, um, uh, very interesting. And then we got to um, what I will call creepy Palpatine. Uh, there's a stretch where he's uh, telling pregnant Leia that he's going to take her child and become her child. Yeah, as that one does. Felt very uncomfortable. I'm going to um, be your baby. <laughs> exactly. No, Freddy, that's... no. Don't, just, don't do that. I mean, it was horrible, but it's accurate, right? And then, uh, and then, I mean, we don't need to say anything more about about naked palps. It was it was assaulting, and um, I can't believe he stayed naked for like three pages. Time. Yeah, he's was, like, was, should I put this pants time. on before we have this night lightsaber battle? No, it'll throw him <laughs> off guard. Right, right. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I was I was taken aback. And the art style, though, the art style was very interesting compared to um, current day things. It was like very watercolory, not a yeah. lot of like blues and greens too. Yeah, um, so that was interesting to out. see. Oh, man, I love Cam Candy's yeah. art. But it is unique. I don't want it in everything. Um, no, me neither. No. That's a glowing review. A little review. bit's good. It's not like the best review, but it was a it was an accurate review. It was well said. Yeah, it, it was okay. I gave it a three stars on, on Goodreads. So, you know, I'll take mediocre. It. Better yeah. than two stars. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I know that you liked the next story a little bit better. Um, this is one that I only discovered within the last you know, a couple of years. That is Boba Fett Open Seasons. Freddie is our resident Boba Fett enthusiast. Tell us about Boba Fett Open Seasons. So Open Seasons, Django Fett, I believe, was, was one of my favorite comics of all time. It, it basically gets the origin story of who Boba Fett or uh, Django Fett is, his, his battle style. Now, the crazy thing is, it does a Boba Fett open seasons exist because oh, do I have the I name wrong? Is it called I Django so. Fett open seasons? I was gonna say I, I don't think Boba Fett open seasons. If it if it is, it's something I don't know about. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's Django Fett. I've had a long week. But it, it's funny because the the origin story. Uh, and I'm not sure if we're getting into into spoiler yeah, go for territory. It. Go for it. But the the origin story of Django Fett is in in Legends, right? Is he he's a young boy, and he's living on Mandalore. And there's uh, Pre Vizsla with the Death Watch, and then of course you've got uh, just what's his name? Sorry, I'm, it starts with a J. She's, uh, Django. Oh, uh, Jaster Mareel. <laughs> Jaster Mareel. There you go, Jaster. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So Jaster is in the fields, and and Django's dad is, uh, and Django is the size of, of little Boba, right? In 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 yeah. the uh, prequels. So right. he's he's a young boy, and he eventually grows up to 
to want to murder the Death Watch and and take revenge. And it's 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 the story of Django Fed and and his dad's oh, man. I can't remember. No, Jaster's head gets cut off. Ju- right. or not cut off right i think it's cut off I, anyway i think so the, yeah the whole thing the whole the whole origin story with boba fett in the prequel is almost exactly what you see in a sense in it's like in poetry it, rhymes. it is it is so it's it's beautiful I, I i love open season it's one of my favorites for a mini series you know, only four issues long i'm sorry i got the name wrong um it's been a couple of years since i read it uh, it is absolutely one of the best legend stories in terms of how it ties into and is held up continuity wise in terms of how it, it, it ties into both clone wars the show but also still works with um you know like the republic commando books you know you've got a character um Muriel, you know one of the the Scarada's clones is named after this guy so that ties in well um, it doesn't violate you know either of those continuities and yet it's also kind of acknowledged and homaged in the mandalorian a little bit here and there and so some easter eggs to this comic um emma what was your impression on this you, you like this one a lot better than dark empire right oh i loved it yes this was this was a really great comic i was blown away by it actually i mean it might be one of my favorite miniseries that i've read even out of canon um i really enjoyed how it sort of tied into both Django's backstory but also tied into like count dooku and palpatine having like a current day conversation about uh, their search for the prime clone and i liked how they called Django the prime clone that was very cool um and i actually wrote down a quote because it's a uh... prime clone those are not out for sale yet (laughs) (laughs) next prime day um i wrote down a quote because it it struck me uh so much Uh, palpatine said this and uh the quote is the most dangerous men are always orphans yeah, I and that. I love that's that. Good. That's it's and like yeah. you said before, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Like Anakin, he was an orphan. He's a dangerous man, um, or Darth Vader was. And uh, I don't know. I just I liked a lot of the the tie-ins, the callbacks. I liked seeing Django's origin story. I don't, you know, we didn't see much of him in the prequels, so we didn't really know a whole lot about him. But now, now we know a ton about him after reading this. Yeah, yeah. And the more you know about Django's story, and he gets he really gets some good Legends comics. I mean, he's got some great Legends comics. There's there's this two part uh, tie in like they're both one shots, but they're not. There's a there's a, a comic just called Boba Fett or just called Django Fett. How many times can I mess up his name in one episode? <laughs> there's another comic just called Zam Wessel, but they are companion pieces. They're like Django and mm. Zam Wessel working together to steal this Indiana Jones esque uh, mm-hmm. idol from this temple. And they end up like saving a, uh, an assassination attempt on Coruscant. They're like the anti-heroes. Just great stuff. Absolutely love it. The more you come to learn and appreciate uh, about Django Fett, the more it enhances the entire clone arc. The more it enhances, mm. you know, your understanding of Boba as well. Um, yeah. You gotta have. Uh, we need some more, more good Django stories, don't we? That's oh a, yeah, for sure. Much. I'd be down for that. This one's fun as a, a Legends comic to pick up because. Hey, if you're not looking to like read everything in Legends, that's fine. If you just are a Mandalorian fan, this is like the perfect like four or five issue miniseries for you. Now, next up is something that is much more expansive, much more expansive. In fact, it might be I need to do an issue count here, depending on how we're counting it, because it's Legends. It gets complicated. Republic might be the longest Legends comic ever written. There are a few series that are like hey, 50 issues long. Uh, Legacy being one of them, Knights of the Republic being one, the original Marvel run with over 100. I mean, but this one is crazy because it's actually 
three series stitched together. So it started back in the late 90s, 98, with Star Wars, the main line. It kind of started telling origin stories and some of the Jedi Masters we find in The Phantom Menace. Keati Mundi and his polygamist culture is explained. <laughs> That's uh, the one I read. Oh is it? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a weird one. Um, yeah. What was your take on that, Emma? How how weird was Keati Mundi's story? Man, that was weird. And and my first, or not, it was probably my last thought. It took forever to dawn on me, but Yoda sent him on this mission to his home world, and I just realized he had a ton of kids. Jedi's not, they're not supposed to have kids. Yeah, so. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's explained in Star Wars. So this is where I went wrong in the ah, recommendation. Okay. So it's, his story starts a little earlier. Um, you want to explain his polygamy, Freddie? You look like you were chomping at the bit to get into this <laughs> subject. Well, I mean, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, and I can't remember where I found it, but it's because his race is so rare, and they yeah. need to we they need, more need cone to, heads. That's right. They basically need more cone heads. And yeah, I wrote order... it down. It was one to twenty uh, uh, male to female. Yeah. yeah. Exactly one to twenty. So in order to to really populate that planet, which is a service to that planet, Kiati Mundi had to uh, basically break the rules and do his thing <laughs> he had to lend his talents to the fray yeah that absolutely um it's so good because like hey there's a lot of legends jedi who are repopulating the earth you know what i'm saying um but kiati mandi hats off to him i mean he he's doing his his people a service doing his people a service it's it's fun it's crazy it's his his story is not my favorite out of the republic stuff i will admit so it starts with star wars and then it transitions they rename the title as comics does, they love to reboot and rename. It, it transitions into Republic, which I know that Trevor has gone on record. I need to read the whole series in its entirety. Uh, Trevor says that the later stuff in Republic is actually some of the finest Star Wars ever written. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'm more caught up with, I, I'm caught up with all the Ala Secura, Quillen Boss stories, which are absolutely some of my favorites. I was lobbying hard to get one of those into the Foundational Five and did not succeed. But I think it's just because like they're not as well versed on Legends as me. <laughs> and it's the, true it's the true. quinlan boss ala secura stuff in the republic it starts in star wars continues on republic is absolutely some of the top-notch legend stuff um you've got quinlan boss kind of struggling with the dark side and he loses his memory and he's got to find himself but then he gets dark in the process and uh, dark disciple really ties into um, it kind of homages all of that and then splashing a little bit of massage of interest and um well there you go that's everything you need to know Freddie, have you read all of this, uh, all the Republic stuff? There's a lot. I haven't. There? There's there's a lot, and and I I'm looking at it, and and it's you know it's got to be on my list of of things to do this this summer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get through them all, and uh, yeah, I'm, I don't I can't wait to see what Trevor's talking about. Honestly, it's it seems like I need to really dig into it. They just recently covered one of these arcs on Jedi Journals, one of our uh, our favorite podcasts uh, that we we especially love here in the Legends world. Um, they went back and reread uh, the Twilight arc, and I thought they did a good job with the coverage mm -hmm. on that if you're looking for some more deep dive content. Um, perhaps the most significant contribution that unfolded across this three-title story it went from Star Wars to Republic to Dark Times once we hit Order 66. The last uh, saga of the story there continues the arcs, some of the same characters into dark times which went i think right up until the legends canon split in 2014 if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong by a year or two um one of the most significant contributions emma did you know that there is a a couple of tuscan raider jedis in legends mm -hmm. i think i heard a mention of that but 
That is like a really cool concept. Like I got to read about that. <laughs> in particular, their names. See if I can get these right. You've got Sharad Het and Asharad Het. One of whom goes on mm. to become a Sith Lord. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it, it all the seeds of it are here in Legends. In fact, there's a really fun interaction in one of these comics. Um, we'll, we'll plug the the Utini um, reading guide for this character in the show notes. Um, this this particular character, there's a, there's a an issue or a panel. There's a page, a, a little moment between Anakin and this Tusken Raider Jedi, mm. where Anakin like has to wrestle with the fact that Clone Wars Anakin like that he hates Tusken Raiders and like mm. has murdered them and like has yeah. this heart to heart where he like wants to murder this Tusken Raider Jedi and has to wrestle with those feelings. And then, Oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Absolutely. I think one of the best legends characters is, um, you know, this father son duo of Sherrod and Asherod Het. And Freddie, if I'm not mistaken, aren't they name dropped in, uh, in the Kenobi novel? They are, they are the, uh, I, I believe when they meet Kenobi, they see him and they're like, there's been another one like you uh, in our group or something like that. And they, they mention him by, by taught them basic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how <laughs> they knew basic. Yeah. The idea of a Tusken Raider Jedi is, is so interesting because from our perspective, we've seen them as such as like violent uh, people, less so in the Mandalorian, I suppose. Um, so the thought of them wielding the force as Jedi is super cool. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, the story continues on into the legacy comics, uh, which is fun. One of the fun things about the Dark Horse comics is the way that they are able to uh, create these characters and then pull them back in in a later mm. story. The synergy that was going on here, um, in particular, the story of uh, Asherod Het, the younger son. Spoiler alert for where he goes. All right, get out now or forever, you know, you have this spoiled. He becomes Darth Krayt. And so Darth Krayt then is the main villain of the legacy comics. There are 50 issues plus Legacy War. Dark Horse loved to do this, didn't they, Freddy? It's 50 yeah. issues and then your War miniseries. What is it good for? And um, <laughs> this, of course, follows... There's two different volumes. First volume follows Cade Skywalker, the drug drug runner, Han Solo-esque <laughs> smuggler, deadbeat, great-grandson of Luke Skywalker. Is that right? Great-great-grandson. Yeah, it's like, it's 100, like what, so. 100 years? 100 years after? I think so. And I actually recommend not reading these until you have read all of the post-Return of the Jedi Essential Legends yeah. stuff. So get through all of New Jedi Order, Legacy. Uh, I mean, Legacy of the Force, not to be confused with Legacy. They, they were being published at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That's standard. not confusing at all. Not standard practices. <laughs> so uh, you got to get through NJO, Legacy of the Force, Fate of the Jedi, then I would recommend reading Legacy because there's so many of like the descendants on different sides of the war. You've got Emperor Rowan Fell, and then you've got Cade Skywalker, and they're not on the same side. And um, there's like the princess descendant of Princess Leia. It's it's so fun the way that the relationships mm -hmm. all intersect and intertwine to get all the nuance and all that. You're like you've really got to know those characters. But I've had friends who have said these are amazing. You're gonna love them. They're dark and edgy and broody and expansive. And uh, they know none of that and have loved them. So highly recommend. Now, I believe, Emma, I asked you to read Legacy Volume 2, not Volume 1. Uh, hey, we've all got a lot of edgy, dark, and broody Skywalker solo men in our life. I wanted to <laughs> get you introduced to Anya Solo. What do you feel about uh, Legacy Volume 2? Well, let me say this. Uh, my my canon uh, brain sort of was like, okay, so that's like issues like 7 through 12. 
So uh, I read like the first 13 issues, I think it was, because I, I, I was like looking at the smaller volumes. Okay. So I didn't get there yet. However, uh, I will back you up on, on what your friends have been saying about like not reading all that stuff before and then sort of diving into these comics. I seriously enjoyed it. And I, I had zero background knowledge. It was so enjoyable. And I honestly found that the writers, and I don't remember who wrote the first these first issues, uh, did a Ostrander great job. and Endursima, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a great job of um, prefacing the reader in not too obvious of a way so that I still knew what was going on, even though I had I haven't really read much Legends books. Oops. Um, but uh, Nothing wrong I, with that. I enjoyed yeah. it. Cade Skywalker on Death Sticks, super weird. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was like wild. <laughs> you don't want to sell me Death Sticks. It's no, like, fine, I'll just take them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's great. I got to reread that. It's been, I read them right about the time my daughter was born. It's like seven years ago. Yeah, I need to yeah. get back and, and check those out. Um, uh, I, I think they are my favorite Star Wars stories ever next to Dark Empire. I mean, they are absolutely some of the best. Um, especially the way that it, it kind of carries forth the stories of some randos here and there. Like you got this little little group of Jedi that he eventually discovers. They're like hiding out on a planet. Like yeah, we survived Order sixty six. They're just hippies. You know, right. there's like a tree Jedi and like some guy with a big nose. And he's like, yeah, I guess we'll help you join the fight. It's good stuff. The the Sith, of course, very interesting. Uh, Darth Talon was a big fan. Uh, George Lucas was a big fan of Darth Talon. The 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 red skinned Twi'lek tattooed. Scantily yeah, she was really cool. Jedi. Yeah. George tried to get her into into some stuff later, which is cool. Um, have you read those, Freddie? Yeah, I, I have. It's been a while. It, like I like I said, it's or like you said, it's been seven years easily or I so. Freddie and I, which is seven years ago, are reading the same comic at the same time. <laughs> so Legend cool. Soulmates. And you know what? I, I think uh, the it's undersold the fan theory of AG thirty seven. Now he's in Legacy Volume Two. Right, yes. so it's it's shorter. Yeah. It was canceled prematurely. Tell us about the fan theory here. This is one of my favorite things in all of Legends. <laughs> yeah, it's true, and it's so funny because I remember I remember talking about this with some friends, and I was like, C-3PO is an assassin. So the fan theory is that AG-37 is is C-3PO, but reprogrammed into an assassin droid. So Yeah, so he looks like IG-88, yeah. but he's got like Chewie's bandolier across the front. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, always carries this big machine gun, but he's like kind of a pedantic uh timid loser and um <laughs> hangs out with anya solo it's like sometimes so it's like all right fine it's, you know bust the door in but um is mostly just like there to explain things and um uh, are you a believer in the fan theory freddie i am i i like it i i agree he's he's kind of pedantic he's like oh here you know like here we go again or he, the he's great got legend that... droids i think <laughs> he is he is under underrated in my opinion underrated significantly yeah. i think it's because that last series kind of flew in under the radar yeah. it's not as widely beloved as legacy volume one it was what 20 mm-hmm. issues something like that um canceled prematurely but good in its own right um it's definitely more of like a ragtag adventure than legacy volume one and so uh i'd say closer to like knights of the old republic kind of vibe um you got like this little band on the run doing yeah. their own thing uh, a little more lighthearted, which is good in its own way and the last recommendation that we had for Emma is a Clone Wars era recommendation. And this is uh, a personal favorite of mine. I don't mm-hmm. know that I hear it recommended a lot, but this is the, was it four or five issue miniseries called Obsession. Now, Emma, this has got uh, both Dirge 
and Ventress. Uh, it's it's got like dark and broody Obi Wan. I mean, it is kind of an alternative. Yeah. Oh, he's so dark of, and broody of Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, how does this hold up compared to like the the Clone Wars animated show? Man, I was so impressed by this series. I I seriously enjoyed it, and I had just recently watched uh, the first sort of volume, I guess you could call it, of the Clone Wars animated series. It was so cool how it tied in, like with Dirge and all of that. And, um, oh, to the Tartakovsky stuff, yeah. The Tartakovsky stuff, yeah, yeah, and 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 even um, even the regular Clone Wars now, it 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 would totally tie in. I mean, they were talking about um, the Outer Rim sieges, which is mentioned in Episode Three. That was really interesting, and it it was really cool too to see uh, Anakin and Padme sort of uh, showing their relationship openly in front of Obi Wan, and you could tell he he like he totally knows something's up. Yeah. And um, just a lot of interesting relationships in this series. And I think for like 90% of it could still hold up as canon today. The idea, I think, is that, who is it, Anakin or Obi-Wan that is believed to be dead? Isn't that how it opens? Um, Uh, They're on leave uh, when it opens. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, they're on on leave because they've been on the front lines for so long. And, and, you know, Anakin... He's he's off hanging out with with uh, Padme and I mean the the beginning is hot man you've got you've got the uh, you don't know who it is right he's on a right. on a on a swoop just yeah. avoiding you know just going through like a bridge underneath just slick, you know slick through it uh, and there's a bunch of bounty hunters that it looks like that are after him pirates or something and then he he you just see uh, either they challenge him and he's like all right I guess we're gonna do this and you you just see in the in the back window there's a bar and you just see this guy go right through the glass and then uh you know hey hello hello there right. <laughs> it's him it's, you right. have no idea so it, it starts off with a bang and it, it's it's such a great series okay so the person that's believed to be dead is size of interest so yeah. like the galaxy thinks right. of interest yes. is dead but Obi-Wan is like obsessed. That's the obsession. He's obsessed with this notion that Ventress is still alive. The, the Ventress-Obi-Wan relationship is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, I agree. Especially seeing the way it ties in, you know, in canon to Dark Disciple, the way that like they finally end up working together a little bit. And, uh, man, it is so, so violent. And yet like they, they clearly love each other. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah, Obi-Wan <laughs> definitely has a soft spot in his heart for Ventress. I think he... You know, he said as much in the comic that he can he can tell that she's been coerced in a way to act like this dark sort of tool of, of the Sith. Um, and, and you can tell he's very compassionate toward her. <laughs> yeah, it predates all of um, the Filoni Clone Wars stuff. So you don't see like this cartoony clone um, Ventress. You don't see Ventress going on right. this journey with the night sisters and everything that happens with her and mother tells and you don't get that whole arc. So this is just like her legends arc, which is yeah. quite different and enjoyable in its own right. Um, another great thing about this series, last little plug we have for it here is in revenge of the Sith, we find Obi-Wan yelling, you are my brother, Anakin. Um, in the original trilogy, we also find Obi-Wan relaying the story of his relationship with his apprentice Anakin Skywalker, and it's different, honestly, than what we end up finding to be played out in Clone Wars and and in uh, the prequels. Uh, we're we're a fan of a good Legends bromance around here on Legends Look Back, aren't we, Freddie? Uh, how good yeah. is is Obi Wan Anakin's bromance here? It's it's not quite. I mean, it's so so different than where we get any anywhere else, isn't it? It really is. Uh, I've been trying to figure out why it feels so different, and I'm wondering if it's because it's towards the tail end of their relationship. Yeah, I, I, I think can't so. Really 
I think that's what it might be. It's more of resentment and and jealousy, maybe, or, or just not. There's the trust isn't there anymore. Uh, you can tell in Anakin, he's just tired. He's tired of it all. He's a he's a he's a, a war hardened, battle scarred hero in this. Yeah, yeah. He's an action superstar. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Emma liked it. Uh, so rank these Emma out of your favorite to your least favorite. Tales of the Jedi, Dark Empire, Republic. <laughs> Number one, I just the just the weird uh, Kiati Mundi one. That's my bad. And uh, legacy and obsession, <laughs> um, favorite to least favorite. Yeah, so my favorite's got to be uh, Bob, uh, Jago Fett Open Seasons, uh, followed by Obsession, uh, followed by Legacy, um, followed by the other three, uh, Dark <laughs> Empire, I guess, and then Republic, and then Tales of the Jedi. Not bad. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. We yeah. gotta get we gotta bump Tales of the Jedi up at least one. That's my goal. I will give it another time, shot for sure. Next time you're on the show. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We are going to close out the show with a fun game. All right. We love Ooh. us a good game here on Legends Look Back. So it's been a while, I think, since we've done a game. Um, we have, of course, some collectors in the room tonight. Emma, I know that you uh you're a big collector of what like the black series and you got some uh some some Legos and Funko Pops. Um yeah. do you own any like uh collectible comics? Man, I don't. This is like uh, probably one of the only. I do only digital. This is probably one of the only Star Wars things that I don't collect. I do, you know, hardcover books and stuff, but I've never gotten into physical comics. There's just too many of them. Well, tonight we're going to talk about a handful of the most lucrative, some of the rarest, most expensive Legends comics that were ever printed that you could possibly put on your shelves or in your long boxes. So, Freddie, Meg, Emma, I want you three to participate. I've got the prices here in front of me. I'm the Bob Barker on this week's episode in this (laughs) game. We're going to go down the list. We've got, what, seven, eight different titles here, and uh, I'd like to get your guesses. Price is right rules, so whoever's the closest wins. If you overshoot, you're out. But then if you, you know, going from a low to high, if you bid a penny more then the person below you, like, you get that next closest score. All right, closest one wins, but you don't want to overshoot. Number one, first on the list, is Clone Wars number one from Dark Horse. This has the Dave Filoni cover. Filoni drew this cover. You know, he's an artist in his own right. Uh, he's done, the, like, the famous whiteboards, you know, like, sketches the the Maul or the, the Vader Ahsoka duel on the whiteboard, and people are like, wow, his art is just amazing. His sketches are fantastic. He's done a couple of comics covers. They just recently homaged this cover, in fact, with the, an exclusive variant of High Republic number one that I couldn't get my hands on and now sells for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. How, how much, though, was this 2008 Clone Wars number one? How much does this go for? What is the most, do you think, Freddie, let's start with you. What do you think is the most this has ever sold for? This best research yeah. I've done. All right, I could be wrong on any of these numbers. According to the research that I did in like the hour that I had today, how much do you think this issue is worth? Well, uh, it's been a while, but I, I do know that this one is a really hot commodity. Uh, probably one of the hottest commodities, honestly, when it comes to Star Wars comic books. And I feel like the last time I looked at this, I was like, hey, just got my bonus. I'm going to go buy myself Clone Wars number one with Dave Filoni. Looked at it. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, buy, <laughs> buy a, a statue instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for some reason, I feel like the the range is like fifteen hundred or so. Just had a guess. Okay, so is that your guess, fifteen hundred? Sure. Okay, Emma, uh, you gonna go lower, higher? What's your guess? Ooh, um, I can't fathom spending that much <laughs> on one comic book. Um, so I'm gonna go a little lower. 
I'm going to go 1,200. Okay. And Meg, what's your guess? Oh, it's so much. Um, <laughs> 1,300? 1,300. 1,300. There's some um, high prices, man. Now, Mike in the chat says he thinks it went for 20,000 or something like that. Something ridiculous. Oh, my. Now, now I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Like I said, I did some research. I didn't do the most thorough research. I'm a podcast host, not a not an auction house dealer. Uh, <laughs> Freddie, you nailed it though. That is the price exactly that yeah. I found online. That uh, this goes, uh, you know, graded and uh, perfect condition. Nine point eight goes for fifteen hundred dollars. So wow. Freddie takes round one. Round two is the first appearance of Revan in Kotor number nine. Now, just recently, I think this past week, while Revan was trending for less than less than scrupulous reasons on Twitter, <laughs> we won't get into all that tonight. Uh, John Jackson Miller jumped in on the discussion, as he likes to do, and said, uh, hey, let's talk about the first appearance of Revan in comics. So if you want some information on that, he does a whole deep dive on his Twitter. It was amazing. I loved it. Uh, is this the first appearance? No. Is this the first full appearance? I think so. Regardless, this is the issue that has become quite rare and lucrative. Um, Freddie, how much is the first appearance of Revan in KOTOR number nine? Yeah, this one I'm not 100% sure on. Uh, I'm gonna say three hundred bucks. I, I have no idea, honestly, okay. on this one. You are much closer to wrong on this than you were the first <laughs> round, uh, <laughs> which you got perfectly right. Emma, what's your guess? All right, so people really love Revan, so I have a feeling that this is pretty popular as well. Probably not as popular as the last one, so I'm gonna go with eight hundred dollars. And Meg. I don't know. Uh, Spinning the wheel. Uh, 500. This one's got to be a lot. The number that I found is $2,200. What? Oh, Ugh. wow. Yeah, Why? people really do love Revan. Really oh, love Revan. It's a gorgeous cover, too. I love it this is. cover with Lucian Dre. It's a good issue, too. It's his backstory. It's a, it's like the first real departure from the rest of the series. It just doesn't even deal with Zane. It's just all Lucian. It's excellent. Very good issue. Next up is about another Sith Lord that everybody loves. A lot of these are like first appearance of a, a good old Sith Lord. And that is Jedi versus Sith number one. So it's actually not this exact cover, but it's the same issue. There is, in fact, the Dynamic Forces exclusive variant that's the first appearance of, of Xana and the first appearance of Bane. Um, uh, it is, I will say, less than either of the last two we just <laughs> talked about. Maybe, depending on how we're doing the math. Um Let's start backwards this time. Meg, what's your guess? Oh, don't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, 200? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Emma. All right. This is a gorgeous cover. This, is, this say... is not the cover. It's actually a different cover. Oh, it's a different issue. cover. Different yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to Google it. Okay. The Dynamic I'm sure it's gorgeous as well. <laughs> it was like one of those. They just only did like a little over a thousand of these. Like They were very, very hard to come by. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to go... 500. Okay. And Freddie. 250. So the, a common selling point for the Dynamic Forces exclusive is $825, <laughs> but it has sold for as high as $1,500. Wow. Can't get over these prices. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I paid, you know, on one of these higher public ones, I don't know. I, I might have paid $75, and I don't remember for sure. I, it's hard to remember, but like, yeah, I mean, the comics collecting, the Star Wars comics collecting especially is, is hot right now. It's hot right now. All right, we've done a few. These have been fun. I would, now I'm really wanting to buy some of these. These are, uh, I don't have the money for it. Um, 
beautiful, incredible comics. And hey, if you just want to read them, they're on Comixology Unlimited, a lot of these. They're on Marvel Unlimited. They're easy to get your hands on digitally if you don't want to try to get the collectible version. And they're all worthwhile uh, for your time in their own right. Now, um, a little bit of a more obscure pull is Star Wars Tales number four. This is the first appearance of Darth Nihilus, who you might recognize from uh, KOTOR 2. You know, the the one who doesn't say anything and just kind of growls and eats death <laughs> breakfast. Uh, Darth Nihilus' first appearance. Uh, Emma, you're up first on this one. Okay, so KOTOR is extremely popular with people. So I'm going to go with $800. Okay, 800 on this. Uh, you overshot. You overshot. Meg, what's your guess? Okay. 700 And Freddy? Or 50 Freddy's the closest. It is 575 is the price that I found. So, like, it's a real bargain compared to the others we've talked about. <laughs> right? $575. Such a bargain. <laughs> Spend your stimmy on this bad boy. All right. <laughs> and, and here's the kicker. Not even the whole issue is about Darth Nihilus. Darth Nihilus just gets a few pages. It's like a black and white story. It's very different. It's kind of a different tone. Kind of oh, interesting. Broody and bad. It'll suck your soul out, just like Nihilus. Uh, man, give me a nightmares. I used to really was scared of Nihilus as like a 15-year-old playing KOTOR 2. I had to play the Nihilus boss fight with the lights on during the day. Windows open. <laughs> I, I could not handle him. All right, uh, three more. This one is um, the first appearance from uh, the, the old school Marvel. We got, uh, look at that. He was actually oh, on that wow. puzzle that I just did recently. This little, this cover with uh, Bosk and Dengar and Boba. And was on my uh, my Marvel Comics puzzle. I was like, all right, I got a I got Bosk's head. Rebecca, you got Bosk's feet. Yeah, we stick those together. <laughs> this is the first appearance of Boba in comics. Marvel Star Wars number forty two from nineteen eighty. Um, we got two different prices on this, just like a random, you know, uh, single issue, pretty good condition that you could get off eBay or like a nice, like perfect, perfect condition graded. So two different numbers. We could, so you got you got more potential on getting this one right. Uh, you're up first on this one, Freddie. Okay, so Boba Fett, everything Boba Fett exclusive, or at least the first appearances, right? The first toy, the first uh, whatever it is, tends to be really hot. Mm. And I'd have to assume that this one would probably go, uh, let's just say maybe around two grand. Wow, pretty close, Freddie. Anybody else want to take a stab at this? All right, so I'll give you this. The the graded perfect condition on this, uh, I've got twenty six hundred on. Oh, holy um, smokes! A, a sold sold auction for twenty six hundred. Let's talk about just like a run of the mill. Um, somebody had this in their collection, not perfect condition, but like if you wanted to try to get your hands on it, not graded. Um, let's let's cut that price drastically in the hundreds of dollars range. Uh, Meg, what do you think it is? Um. 350 exactly yeah 350 oh. all right okay. Okay. <laughs> i just heard meg get a boost of confidence that was fun all right <laughs> everybody's favorite jedi is up next jedi mace windu from dark horse uh. this is not Im this is important not because it is a mace windu comic but because it is the first appearance of asajj ventress in comics oh. Yeah, you wouldn't know that by looking at uh, his piercing stare there, which is like, <laughs> somebody get this Sith Lord off of my plane. 
But um, how much do you think this comic costs? You're up first, Emma. Okay. Well, as I'm looking at this cover, um, all I I can think of is that he's about to call me a citizen. Um, <laughs> um, Asajj Ventress. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six hundred. Way too low. Way too low. Uh, I oh, mean, wow. I don't know. It, you know, if you're trying to get it not graded or whatever, I've got I've got a pretty high price on on this one. Um, I'll, I'll say that it is in the range of some of these other nice collectible graded first appearance comics of uh, that we've talked about. So so thinking in that range, uh, Meg, you're up next. Uh, Eleven hundred. Okay, still too low. You want to try to sweep, Freddie? I was gonna say. Uh... Uh, $1,350. $2,500. Oh. Um, Holy the price smokes. That I have. There are too and... many snakes on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are, a citizen. And the last, a Sith Lord. All right, the last issue we're going to talk about is the Holy Grail of Star Wars comics. Not just of Legends comics, but of the Star Wars comics collection market. This is the most expensive comic that you could try to acquire and that is none other than the infamous marvel star wars number one from 1977 meg you've got number two pulled up no that's number two you, know what? you gave me the list this is not my fault <laughs> it's, it's number one it's not the right cover all right well you should know what it looks like it's got like uh it's not that but it's the other one you know yeah it's, it's a classic you know <laughs> I love it. You go out with a bang with your own cover. So good. This one is a lot easier to get. Actually, I did some reading today. Issues two and three are a lot easier to get than four. Yeah. It's a whole thing. All right. The 35-cent variant of Marvel Star Wars number one, which is not this, but it's different, is worth how much money? I will say much more than anything else we've discussed tonight. But less yeah. than what Mike says in the chat for the Superman comic that went for $3.25 million. So Whoa. less than that by a lot, but more <laughs> than the most expensive yeah. comic we've talked about by a lot. Uh, Freddie, you're up first. Man, this is a hard one because I I, I saw can, one, but it was definitely not graded. for this price, I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I want to say it was Ooh. like roughly like eight, eight, eight grand or so. Okay. The last one I saw. And Emma? Oh, um, nine grand. And Meg. What if this Ten. was an actual auction and whatever you guessed is what you had to pay? Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. I'm uh, dead broke. Uh, <laughs> uh, 10 grand. So I, I'm talking about the high end price, the most that I have, that I was able to find anybody has ever paid for it. So like, yes, Freddie, I did see that like someone has gotten it for eight. But the most anyone has ever paid for it, as far as I know, for the 35 cent variant, there's actually two different variants of it. Mm -hmm. The 35 cent variant, the OG, is $25,000. Oh my oh. God. Fresh Star Wars comment. I told no, that to my no. wife today. She rolled her eyes in the biggest way I've ever seen. She said, That's ridiculous and walked off. I was like, I'm not spending it. Don't be mad at me. I'm not going <laughs> to. Why would you even think about that, Jared? <laughs> really makes my $75 higher public number one look uh, cheap, doesn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Wow. wow. 
So yeah. that's incredible. That makes sense, though. Ooh, it's been a lot of fun. Everybody, let us know uh, what's your most expensive, or, you know, your rarest Star Wars comic. Uh, which which one of these would you most like to get your hands on? Did you guess any of these right? Did you play along with us at home? We'd love to know. Now, coming up next, uh, our next roundtable. What's coming up next on Legends Look Back is we just can't get enough Thrawn. All right, there's a new Thrawn book coming out, but you know what? We're going to go blast from the past in Legends Thrawn history with Outbound Flight by Timothy Zahn. We're going to have our buddy Cheryl Bell, our incredible patron, joining us once again on the show to talk about one of her favorite characters in the Star Wars galaxy. And then our next episode, not our next roundtable, but ready to tell the good folks what they can hear us talking about next Thursday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on on YouTube.com slash Utini. <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right i'm not sure if i should do this in the, like the uh pan pan atlantic voice but uh if you can beat them blow them up to smithereens we're talking about the best and the worst of legend super weapons wear a helmet it's gonna be messy i forgot that i typed that yeah yeah <laughs> if you can't beat them blow them to smithereens smithereens or smithereens smithereens I don't think i smelled i spelled it right but Smithereens. Right. Yeah, episode's <laughs> over. Emma, thanks for joining us. You made a great Legends Look Back debut. I thought uh, I'll give you a great a great your performance in A minus, you know, just to leave room for improvement for next time. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've it's been a wild ride for sure. Uh, a special thank you, of course, to our incredible patrons who have helped us out and have supported us along the way. Um, of course, we want to thank our friends Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally and Chris Eilerson, and your boy Freddie C on our Alliance High <laughs> Command for their amazing support. That does it for this week. Thanks for listening to Legends Look Back. If you would like your thoughts read on the show, you can email us at legendslookback at utini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel or leave a comment on this episode on YouTube. Or you can find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back. I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Freddie? At Wake Up Freddy. Meg? At Meg Dowell. And Emma? At Irma Jedi 26. Excellent. Great. If you're looking to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, look up a book on Utini. Click the Amazon link in the profile, and you can, of course, give us a few cents to help us keep the lights on, especially... If you get that $25,000 Star Wars number one, <laughs> uh, we get a good whopping 4% on that sale, which, uh, you know, hey, I could afford a new car with that 4% probably <laughs> um, on my redneck budget. If you have read any of these and want to let us know what you think, you can go on over to uh, Eugenie.com, click the book profile, and you can leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know, did you like Tales of the Jedi more than Emma? Because I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Remember, of course, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. It's been a blast. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast.